0: And so to the Gladys and Dame Edna. I was born in Melbourne many years ago now. And they used to put me in my little bassinet out in the garden. And I still remember through the net over a bassinet, I could see glowing colours. And they were gladioli growing in my family's garden. My little eyes fell on them. Colour sent its message to me. And it said, Edna, Edna, we have given you a priceless gift. You may keep this gift if you give it away. That's a paradox, isn't it? You can keep it if you give it. That is my message to you, darlings. Do you believe that art and science can inspire each other? I do. And since the recent death of Barry Humphreys, I've remembered past exchanges. Back in 1981, while wrapping up my Ph.D. at Melbourne University, I was a member of the Knox-Clark Laboratory at the School of Botany. Professor Clark's wing of the lab focused on the practical role of biochemistry in plant reproduction. This included a long-term study on the dynamics of fruit set in sweet cherries, but their budding twigs were available for only a brief time each spring. In contrast, gladiola stalks were available year-round and served as floral guinea pigs, so technicians could learn skills needed to collect secretions and apply techniques used previously by immunologists. A lot of information about molecules produced by the tips of a gladi's female organ was amassed over several years. This included a series of micrographs taken by Ingrid Bonig, showing how pollen grains stuck to pistil lobes, germinated tubes, and carried sperm down to the waiting ovary. Unlike cherry blossoms, gladius could be ordered in bulk from florists, and there were times when lab tables and floor buckets began to resemble the dressing room of an Australian megastar. Adrian came to the logical conclusion that Dame Edna needed to see these photos, and she sent them to Mr. Humphreys. There was no reply for some time until Adrian received an unexpected and apologetic reply from Mr. Humphreys. The envelope had fallen behind the piano. Bet you haven't heard that one in years. But after Dame Edna saw the glossies, she wanted them printed in the showbook of her next concert to be entitled An Evening's Intercourse. Adrian wrote text explaining each micrograph. But you can imagine how Dame Edna revised that for publication after she learned that domesticated gladdies pollinated themselves without need of sticky bee legs. I believe there was a line in the show book that went something like, "'If I'd known what they got up to at night, I would have left the light on by the vase.'" Mr. Humphreys asked Adrian if she'd like a fee for their use, but she said no. Would he come and talk to us instead? I remember that the big lecture hall in the botany school packed out by the time he arrived. We learned quite a lot. Humphreys associated Gladys with his mother, who referred to certain social events as a white gloves and pink Gladys affair— He recalled the performance in which a stalk left a painful splinter in his hand. There was a touch of malice when he described one London fan who collapsed and had to be wheeled out on a gurney still clutching her flower. Gladys were costly in Thatcher, England. Most important... Professor Clark has since reminded me that a vase of gladii accompanied the then Mrs. Edna Everidge at her first public viewing at the Assembly Hall on Collins Street. The audience sat stony-faced through the monologue. Exasperated, Edna tossed the stalks to them. The people looked bemused, kept the flowers, and Humphreys heard them discussing the performance on Exhibition Street. He realized audiences needed to participate and decided to build on it. We laughed a lot that afternoon, and yes, our lab members formed a theater party and we attended an evening's intercourse. I was astounded at how Humphreys changed costume and performed four characters during Act One. In the second, Dame Edna recruited participants for an on-stage barbecue." I haven't looked at a gladiolus the same way since. In fact, 15 years later, I joined two botanists studying the pollination of wild South African gladdies due to my fond memories of the Melbourne interplay of art and science. Self-pollination of tame glads, we learned, was the result of domestication and hybridization, Darwin predicted those consequences of selective breeding way back in 1875. Instead, we learned that wild gladiola species spread their genes by exploiting a wide range of native bees or long-tongued flies as pollen taxis. But I never told Adrian or Dame Edna. (laughs) Here we are. There's a gladi for you hear well, you. few little friends of Kenny have crept in here tonight. I'm glad to say. Professor Peter Bernhardt in St. Louis, Missouri. But what did distinguished Professor Dr. Adrian Clark, AC, later chair of CSIRO, make of such shindigs? I asked her at the time.
1: Well, we set ourselves the task quite a long time ago of trying to look at the molecular biology of fertilisation in plants. And this is because it had been described very, very well by a plant biologists for many generations. And we had a wonderful background to work on, but very few people had ever tried to go beyond the microscope. And we worked away, and I think, first of all, we started working on gladiolus, because I could go to the florist on the way to work, buy a bunch of gladiis. If you've ever looked at gladi, you can see they have nice big female paths in the middle, nice big anthers. And we worked on those for some time. In fact, Barry Humphreys took notice of our work and we wrote the insert for his program An Evening's Intercourse and it was about sex in Gladys. We had some beautiful electron micrographs of the pollen which produces a tube which contains the sperm and then this pollen then penetrates the female part and we wrote a little bit around that and he used that, gave us some nice publicity there. Anyway, when we... Progressed from that, we actually were able to identify a number of classes of molecules that were involved and be able to get some very fundamental information on what was the pollen made of, what was the pollen tube made of, what were the female secretions made of. And then we were very fortunate to get the Centre of Excellence grant. And when we got that, we said, right, well, we'll clone the gene, we'll set ourselves a big goal, go for the big one. We've got a chance now, it's a chance of a lifetime. We'll go for the big one, we'll try and clone the gene that controls this self-fertilisation.
0: I don't quite understand,
1: apart from helping Barry Humphreys, how yes. this would make a great money-making enterprise worth thousands ah. and millions. How does that happen? Well, if you've got a, a gene, you can move, now the technologies available to move a gene, a single gene, into a plant and get it expressed. So that means that you can put the gene into a, one cell, and a plant is unlike an animal, or many plants are, they can grow a whole plant up from just one single cell. And so every cell in that plant will contain the gene. So your question now becomes, well, what's the use of this gene? Quite. Well, if it's a gene that controls fertilisation, then it has implications, say, in the area of making hybrid seed, which is commercially very desirable. And it also has implications in gameticides. Now, when you say gameticides, people say, oh, what's are well, What's all this about? <laughs> well... This is a way of killing pollen that's killing the male part so that you can take the female part and pollinate it with sperm of your choice, as it were, so that you can take pollen from another plant, put it onto your first plant after you've applied the gametocide, And people are using chemical gametocides commercially to produce hybrid seed. But this gene offers us the opportunity by genetic engineering to produce hybrid seed cheaply.
0: Professor Adrian Clark, AC, and why the fun with Gladys was, as well, superb science. And she became Chancellor of La Trobe University as well as Lieutenant Governor of Victoria with her Gladys. And yes, the science show was a program of paradoxes, naughty showbiz and great research.